Citizens of Hawkins, be kind to your neighbors, otherwise they might turn into a psychopath who goes on a murdering spree with psychedelic powers and join us as we go into The Upside Down. What's going on, Demo Dudes and Demo Dudettes? Welcome back into The Upside Down, the Stranger Things podcast that talks all things Stranger Things. I'm your co-host, Damien, and with me as always is the guy who used the DeLorean to go back in time to make fun of Henry Creel's haircut, thus causing a path of death, destruction, and chaos, the great Scott. Ahoy! Oh man, I remember that like it was yesterday. I gunned it to 88 miles per hour. And we went back and changed the space-time continuum timeline. Come I guess on. you could say with those tires, you uh, you did a creel out instead of a peel out. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. It feels so good to be back. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah dude, crazy stuff, man. It is October, red October, if you're in the Philadelphia area, Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, the Eagles are 4-0. Um, the sun hasn't come out in a couple days, but that's okay. The strike is over. It is just a, it's a great time Ooh. and it's spooky season finally. So we wanted to talk about this uh, in today's episode. We've been planning for a while. We thought it's spooky season. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about it. And especially now is a good time to really start talking Stranger Things since the strike is officially over. And hopefully we start getting more and more snippets and news and pictures and tweets and all this stuff. And of course, Stranger Things Day is what, a month away? Um so, you know, hopefully we get some info then, too. So, I mean, Scott, how are you doing, dude? I'm doing great, man. I'm really enjoying this uh, Phillies playoff run and uh, really excited to hear our news update about the writer's strike coming to an end. Although the actors are still on strike, so that's uh, yes. a little nerve wracking, but I hopefully they get a fair deal. And uh, like you said, we can get back to business here in the next couple of weeks. That would be probably my Halloween wish, if yes. that's a thing. Yeah, the good thing is the writers are back, though, because, I mean, without them, you don't have the story. Um, not that actors obviously aren't important because they're very important, but at least we can get the scripts going and get that stuff happening. And then when things resolve with the actors, uh, then we can, you know, get into the table reads and finally production and everything else. So it's good that the writers are back. And um, I'm glad they were able to come to an agreement because, as you can see, like it was it was kind of weird, man. There's. No late night TV, no Jimmy Fallon, no Jimmy Kimmel, no late night talk shows, no Saturday Night Live. And you just don't realize like how how empty things can be without these writers that provide us all of this great entertainment across the board, not just Stranger Things, but everything that we consume and watch and listen to. It has been a strange uh, couple months. Uh, luckily, we still had some content. I think that was in the can already, as they say, that has been coming <laughs> out, but uh, I, I have a feeling like it's going to catch up to us probably early next year. So, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to seeing Stranger Things five in the year 2026. I can't wait. Oh, God, <laughs> it's terrible. I'm hoping 2025. But I, I wonder if everything went according to plan. Like when the like would we have had season five by now already? No, no pandemic. No, nothing like that. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Must we must be. It must. It, yeah, it, it, it had to have been done by now, I would say. I would think probably 2021 would have been Stranger Things 4 and then maybe 2023 Stranger Things 5. That would have been crazy. And then we'd but, be on to the, the uh, sequel shows or prequel shows or spinoffs by now, or at least hearing about what they were going to be. Seriously, they already would have started the uh, Demogorgon family sitcom by now. <laughs> It would have started uh, uh, Steve Harrington when he he moves out of Hawkins and starts his own hair salon. Steve the Hair Harrington. It's so <laughs> trippy, man. He's giving me a haircut. <laughs> uh, but so we already did get some um, Scott, if you want to talk about this, we already did get some info from the Stranger Things writers. It was kind of funny um, via Twitter <laughs> or X, as they call it now. Yeah, do we call it like did the Duffer send us an X here? Uh, <laughs> brand X. Uh, but yeah, with with the writer's strike coming to an end, the Duffer brothers, you know, at Stranger Writers are back on X or Twitter. So, um, yeah, they sent out some tweets in the last week or so that kind of show these, uh, I guess they called them previs or pre visualizations, I guess they are, but um, kind yeah. of like some 
really cheesy mock-up, uh, I guess, computer graphics of of Steve and of Jonathan. So um, we're, we're kind of looking at them right now. Uh, my, my thought was it was hilarious, kind of Steve doing the people's eyebrow. Uh, looks like to be maybe staring down Jonathan a little confused or maybe questioning what Jonathan's doing. And then it looks like Jonathan's trying to touch two different wires together. And there's a light flashing red and green next to him. So weird. Uh, and so the Duffers basically, you know, this was their caption. They said, FYI, this is a previs for a scene in episode one. So they said, technically, this is your first look at season five. Um, so which was really cool. So we got a little glimpse into the season, um, even if it's a cheesy computer generated graphic. But although I will say, Damien, to me, it looks like we talked about this in a previous episode. Um, what I thought that the set that they were designing, spoiler alert, I thought was maybe um, some type of like large uh, security perimeter around yep. downtown Hawkins. Yeah. And I don't know. It looks to me like Jonathan's trying to hotwire something and yeah. there's a light turning green and a light that you know the same light then flashes red and green so i don't know are they trying to uh break into this security perimeter somehow um that was my first thought yeah i i, I maybe break in break out hotwire a car it maybe try and get True. power back to somewhere where they are i mean there's i i think there's gonna be a you know based off this it's it's nice that if this is like you know episode one like hopefully they don't, they don't waste any time we just get everyone together the way we left them and then boom we uh we just keep going from there so i mean still cool uh you know the fact that we at least got something and you know with stranger things day i'm sure we're going to be getting some stuff and with halloween some stuff and it, it's it's exciting i'm glad things are resolved now because we'll be getting those little breadcrumbs leading up to um everything going on with stranger things and there's been other stuff that they've been doing uh like merchandise wise um i did see the todd father was able to obtain a pint of the Scoops Ahoy ice cream. I've been checking Walmart on and off, and I can't find it um, anywhere. They still have Surfer Boy pizza. Um, they have a ton of that. But yeah, if you, you got which one did you get, Supreme or pepperoni? Yes, I had the multi-meat pizza. It was delicious. <laughs> uh, I rang in the new year with it. Uh, <laughs> I actually have a spare empty box here for Damien, if you'd like to oh. put it on display in his house. I need to give it to him at some point. Yeah, I got my Stranger Things shelf. It will fit. Right. Oh yeah, it'll fit right up there. I'll make it work. Um, yeah. So there's there's that, and the scoops of Hoy ice cream is pretty cool. Um, Walgreens, if you guys are looking to really get into spooky season, uh, we did post on Instagram about this. Walgreens has a ton of Stranger Things merch. I don't know if this was stuff that was maybe supposed to come out last year, just with the time frame of when the show came out. They didn't have the time to get everything together, but there's some really cool like snow globes. They have Funko Pops. They have statues of like Eddie and Vecna, Demogorgons. Um, so really cool stuff to decorate your house and get ready for Halloween Stranger Things style. Um, I did also see Funko's making more Stranger Things Pops, uh, Funko Pops, and they're making a really cool Eddie one with him shredding on the guitar from the, you know, the final battle of uh, in season four. They're doing cool. a lot of those, so kind of really cool. I guess they they plan to do that around Halloween time to get everyone in the in the mood, in the spirit, whatever. Um, so yeah, lots of merchandise. No no shortage of merchandise out there for Stranger Things to kind of uh, satisfy your craving and excitement, or keep that excitement going. Um, but yeah, without further ado, before we get started, of course, make sure you guys are following us on our socials, into the Upside Down Pod on Instagram, on TikTok. Gmail, write us a email with your theories, thoughts, everything else, feedback. We welcome all yes. of this um, into the upside down pod at gmail.com and follow us on X at into underscore upside down. Yes, <laughs> it's the X. I still got it. I still got it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, let's get into it. So today's episode, we wanted to talk about Vecna. It's time. And. We talk about Vecna all the time. He's the big bad of Stranger Things. But, you know, with the Duffers, they don't just write one-dimensional characters. A lot of these characters have layers. There's complexity to them. And Scott and I, for a while, have been thinking to ourselves, what is truly motivating Henry Creel slash Vecna slash the Friendly Orderly slash one like, what's the motivation there? Is he just inherently evil? 
was he born that way? Was it something that was just not his fault and he just is lashing out? Um, and I think there's a lot to it because they wouldn't be doing a stage play focusing on his character if he was just evil. Like if he's just evil and he goes around doing all this bad stuff, like there's no way that people, they would do a whole stage play on it. Um, so I think there's a lot of complexity and layers to him. And when the Duffers say that they borrowed a lot of stuff from Star Wars, when I think of Vecna, you know, I think of characters like Darth Vader. There's that complexity to them. There's a lot of stuff that, um, you know, like you can look at Vader and Vecna and they share some similarities in terms of their character. Um, and maybe even that foreshadows what could possibly happen in season five. But um, we do want to talk about Vecna today. What is motivating him to do what he is doing? Um, because if he takes over the world, it's like, OK, great. Like, but what made him want to do that? What pushed him to do that? And we did actually do a poll on X where we said, what is motivating Henry Creel and Vecna specifically when he was younger? Um, you know, we said, was he either born evil? which had 55% of the vote, or was it not his fault, which had 45% of the vote? So really, really close there on the poll. So it seems like we're almost split down the middle with what people think the motivating factor is here for Vecna. No doubt. You really teed that up great, Damien. There, I think, um, and, and we'll get into it here, because I know a lot of people, we're going to read a, a lot of our listener uh, write-ins here where they talked about, you know, was he just born this way or was there some kind of event or some kind of trauma maybe that he had uh, growing up that kind of made him into the way he he was, even as a child where he was hurting animals, killing animals and, you know, taking out aggression on his family. Um, you know, it wasn't just when he was Vecna that he was an evil person. It seemed like it has been this way since he was very, very young. And maybe it's a combination of all those things. So I think the, the first thing that I kind of wanted to touch on before we get into some of our theories was basically his monologue to to Eleven um, yeah. in in season four, episode seven, which I know you've referenced on the podcast about how truly long it was. It was about, I think, almost 10 minutes of him just kind of describing the background of of his life uh, to Eleven, which is his daughter, by the way. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> the monologue... Uh, <laughs> That might that might come into play later. But so if you think about when Eleven finally walks into the rainbow room and catches the friendly orderly or one or Henry Creel kind of killing all the other kids, what he tells her is, is some of the following lines, some of the things I wrote down. I'm just going to read them out. So, yeah. so the first thing he said is when he was a kid, and I believe this is even before he moved to Hawkins. He referenced himself and he said, I didn't fit in with the other children. Something was wrong with me. All of the teachers and doctors said I was broken. Mm -hmm. um, then he said, my parents thought a change of scenery and a fresh start may just be the cure. He has some kind of issues going on when he was a kid, even before he moved to Hawkins. Then his parents think maybe a fresh start will help him and they, they buy a house in Hawkins, Indiana. So once he finds the spiders in the house, which, you know, he can kind of relate to. He's like the spiders. Um, he's a solitary creature and that the spiders are also solitary and they're deeply misunderstood and that they're gods of our world. And they're the most important of all predators. And they mobilize and feed on the weak, bringing balance and order to an unstable ecosystem. And then he goes on to say basically that, that he's all of those things as well. And that he looks as humans as pests. And how we're living in a cruel, oppressive world dictated by made-up rules. And he thinks that if he can make his own rules, he could restore balance to a broken world. And then he says he could become a predator, but for good. So um, that's kind of, I think, a lot of references to when he actually becomes Vecna. Yeah, another thing I thought was really interesting, and, and I think this will kind of go into what your theory is. This will this will tee you up perfectly, hopefully. But Here we go. he said... My my parents presented themselves as good, normal people, but like everything else in the world, it was just a lie, a terrible lie. He said they had done things, Eleven, such awful things. Mm -hmm. So they show what Victor Creel did. Henry's father obviously was in the war and somehow was uh, responsible for maybe a family dying, a baby dying. And that's what Henry's constantly showing him in, in kind of like uh, those waking living nightmares that he sees but right. i don't think they actually ever show anything that his mom did to be such an awful person no so um, maybe that's maybe that's a good point for you to start 
Yeah, um, I think he just didn't like the way she did her hair. He was just like, "Why? How? I can't be seen in public with you like that, Mom. What are you doing here? This is bad. Uh, me and Dad are rocking the comb overs here. Dad's got the hat. We're good to go now." Um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, for me, I was thinking about that a lot because you know when he it, like, as far as we know, and of course the stage play might even dive into this more, but as far as we know, as the viewer. His mom was the first person that he killed like that um, and brutal. I mean, joint manipulation, snapping her limbs and everything. So for him to have that much hate and resentment built up to do that to his own mother just really made me start thinking, like, what was it that she did to cause that to him? Was she, was she did she alienate him? Um, was she just, uh, you know, kind of going through the motions of being a mom with him because she doesn't think like, you know, whatever is going on with him is, is natural or okay. And she's afraid of it or she's repulsed by it. I mean, there was a bunch of things, but ultimately what I thought was, um, you know, when they moved to Hawkins, the story behind it was Virginia Creel got an inheritance from a relative and that was how they were able to afford that house in Hawkins. Um, and obviously, Victor doesn't, you know, probably pay any mind to that, doesn't think anything of it. But what made me think that is why Hawkins, why that house, why in general would they want to move there? And it made me think that maybe it's a possibility that Brenner was Henry's father, his actual birth father. Of course, like in the show, Henry and Victor do look like father and son. They did a really good job with casting there, but maybe that was to throw us off. And maybe Brenner was the actual father of Henry. Um, and maybe, you know, Virginia got that money and that inheritance from Brenner to move closer to Hawkins to, you know, put Henry in there with him to study him and everything else. Um, and that's kind of what, where my mind went with it is that, you know, Brenner could possibly be his father, almost kind of like a, uh, like a Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein type thing where, you know, uh, Brenner creates this monster and, and it, you know, it just causes all this death and destruction and things like that. So I really think that that was uh, something that was for me, at least on the table for season five, or maybe even as a reveal in the stage play is that Brenner is the actual dad of Henry. Um, and brought them to Hawkins because he was aware of his abilities and, you know, wanted to continue to work on him. And that's why he resented his mother so much because she was basically moving him closer to this monster, putting him in this terrible situation and maybe even trying to, you know, monetize his abilities or capitalize on um, what he was able to do. Obviously, if if Brenner does pay her and, and they get that house, she's already reaping the benefits from her son and his abilities, um, even if she doesn't truly understand what those abilities are and what he's actually capable of. So for me, that was what I thought um, with Vecna. So I didn't think he's he's just inherently evil and inherently bad. I just think that he's went through so much as a kid and uh, went through things that most kids would never go through in that in that world of Stranger Things. And um, that was what was a motivating factor for him to one, you know, kill his mother and then to two, try and shape the world in his image once he realized his potential. That is a great theory, Damien. I, I, uh, I could totally see that being the case. And, and it makes total sense because if she's getting a, a large, I think uh, Victor said it was a small fortune that came from that family member um which large, could easily have been large cash settlement yeah i was it, it sounded from like maybe they Morgan. called <laughs> <laughs> they, she needed cash now and called jg <laughs> wentworth <laughs> it's her money and she wants it now so i mean easily we we know that dr owens was able to set up joyce in a beautiful home in california and relocate their entire yeah. family so why couldn't dr brenner have done that for the creel family mm -hmm. um and also it brings up a great point that how did virginia creel know about dr brenner he's i mean apparently like some type of like cia doctor or scientist which usually right. they're pretty secretive about their job and their identity so she somehow knows who dr brenner is and tries to take him 
tries mm-hmm. to take Henry to Dr. Brenner before his time in the lab. Like it, it seemed like early on, Henry remembered the mom trying to take him to Brenner. And then he ultimately ended up there, you know, maybe it was years later, but how did she know about him? It makes total sense if she had some kind of relationship with him or an affair with him. And there are some really great theories. And I think a lot of us have some really cool ideas as to like connecting those dots. But um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just, it's also kind of strange too. Cause like back then there's no internet, there's, there's newspaper and telephone and like word of mouth to find out about people. So how did Virginia come into contact with Dr. Brenner? How did she find out about the Hawkins lab and what they were doing in there? So like, there's a lot to her character that I think is really fascinating. And I hope in the stage play, they go into it more because obviously in this show, unless they're doing flashbacks, which I hope they don't for season five, I hope they just keep pushing it forward and moving the story forward. Um, there's still a lot of unanswered questions about her. And, um, you know, when you think about this stuff, it almost makes you feel even more sorry for Victor Creel and just like the hand he got dealt because he almost seems like a completely innocent party here, probably a genuine, genuinely good guy who did bad things for his country because he had to. And, you know, it's just, it's crazy. And he's, he's the last one standing from this family and just, you know, in a cage, which is horrible. I, I'm really excited to see uh, our, our guy, Marty B, uh, Dr. Brenner in, in this play. I think he was cast in the play. So we're going to see a young Dr. Brenner um, crossing over with, I think, all the characters that we know. So along with a young Hopper and Joyce and Lonnie and Bob Newby and all these other people. So um, I guess we should book our ticket to London probably <laughs> soon. I am. I'm just I'm hoping and I feel like they're honestly going to do this. I think they're going to record like one version of it or one take of it and put it on Netflix for the rest of the world to see. Cause like that would just be cool. You make a little event out of it. It's something to watch in between season four, season five, get us hyped up for season five. Uh, I really hope that they do that. Um, Cause I mean, either way, like we're going to, people are going to be putting full on synopsis out there going through spoilers and plot points. So like, we're going to find out what happens so since we're already doing that, like tape it, put it on Netflix and just like let us see it. It would just be really cool to be able to do that. And uh, for, you know, our friends across the pond, you're very lucky and we hope that you go and see this because um, and also if they have any cool merch, like a playbill or something, you know, send a couple over to us. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. All right, lads, uh, please uh, <laughs> write us at. <laughs> Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing that. And I hope it does come out on Netflix because we need some kind of content between now and hopefully 2025. Fingers crossed. But yeah. So let's get into yours, man, because you have some good stuff, too. that I really want to talk about. Yeah, I think I kind of took the same approach, Damien, where my thought was maybe Henry was born uh, with a little bit of evilness inside of him or you know, maybe was a, an evil child, but I think there was maybe some type of of an event or maybe multiple events or some kind of trauma that he was a part of when he was younger, that maybe set him on this course to, to become uh, the Vecna that we know. So it made me think back, you know, a lot of season four was about 11 and how she was bullied, um, not only in 1979 in the lab, but also, um, in current time in 1986, when she was in California with Right. Um, Angela and, and all of Angela's friends. So, you know, and now with the play coming, just like you said, it's going to be what an hour and a half, two hour stage play. Yeah. Last Shadow. So they really need to fill in some content about Henry Creel's background. And I think there's going to need to be some type of event that happens during this play that sets him on his path for the rest of, you know, the rest of his time um, in Stranger Things. So my thought and, and thinking back to Eleven being bullied, maybe when he's in school, maybe he's going to school with Hopper and Lonnie and Joyce and Bob Newby. I think he's a few years younger than them. Younger, but yeah, yeah, I think that there could have been some type of, you know, bullying incident. I don't know. I mean, this is just this is just a theory. I don't know. I don't think just one minor bullying incident would send him on this path. But maybe there's a major bullying incident. Um, You know, I was thinking, number one, that could have been Lonnie that did something to him. Maybe. Yeah, he would be the one, man, for sure. Like, Hopper has like that jock energy to him a little bit. And I could see him maybe being that guy in high school. But I mean, Lonnie just seems like a jerk to just to be a jerk or that he's capable of that. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I agree. I think L Lonnie was the first suspect. I thought it could have been him. I mean, we've seen him basically bully his own son. He was bullying Will. So I thought, okay, if there's a bullying incident, all this bullying could kind of lead to, you know, Henry basically becoming more of a loner and making Henry right. feel more misunderstood, making him, you know, look at the world as a place where he doesn't fit in even more. Mm -hmm you know, a place where he's not welcomed by his classmates. And then he's going home and it seems like maybe he's not welcomed in his home either. And I kind of thought all of this together, you know, kind of leads to a point where he's maybe finding that he has um, telekinesis and he can use his powers. He begins using them to gain strength and he can start using them to kind of fight back. He mentions that quote where he says, when he's explaining it to Eleven, he says that he kind of built up his strength by thinking of a memory from his past one that made him sad, but also very angry. Yeah. So I think it could be definitely be um, some type of either one bullying incident or many bullying incidents that, you know, build on top of each other. But I thought, how crazy would it be if it if it wasn't Lonnie that it what if it actually was young Jim Hopper that was the one that was bullying him? Because that would then mean that we think everything Vecna's doing you know, we think traces back to 11, sending him to the upside down. But what if it all actually started with Hopper? What if Hopper was the one that made him the way that he is, yeah. you know, and it started way back in the 1950s. So that was kind of a huge twist. I thought that maybe they could put a spin on it. I would hate to see it because I love Hopper, but it would just kind of show, you know, um, maybe a little character development on his part where. Right, right. He's, he's got a little bullying in him still, but you, you can tell he kind of sticks up for uh, for people that, that need it. So hopefully it wasn't him, but I'm going to I'm going to go with bullying. I mean, I, honestly, I like that a lot. And and think about it. If like, you know, we talked about the potential of Vecna being Eleven's dad and then you have Hopper, who's her adoptive dad. And you just have this moment of you. You were the catalyst for all of this. You did this to me. You put set me on this path like because that's it's pretty crazy man and and like kind of going back to me talking about like star wars earlier like they always say like hatred is the you know the path to the dark side and like if he's focusing on something that makes him sad and makes him angry that's the tipping point that he can tap into his potential and into his power and if it was hopper man like that would be crazy but you know also like when if it was hopper like they're kids at this point you know and it's it's one of those things where it's you know, I mean, geez, I was bullied in high school. Like, I, you know, pe people pick on people all the time and, and stuff like that. And I think most of the time it, it for other people it can maybe come from a place of insecurity on their own part and they take it out. You know, we never know what anyone's story is behind the scenes, really. So um, it's entirely possible that Hopper could be that one. Lonnie would be he would be the like the most likely suspect, but also Hopper would be a much more captivating person if he was the one to to be the catalyst for all of that which would just be crazy um and that would be like a really emotional tense moment in season five if they if they do have that but yeah i do think it, it's something like that because obviously he's talking about how he's different how he you know people think he's broken and i mean man like when you're a kid and if if you have any kind like you know imagine like him he's probably a little socially awkward as a kid because he doesn't know what's going on with him um he's he's new to this town he doesn't know anybody god man people could be cruel kids could be cruel and and i can imagine that a hundred percent um that you know they it's their turf they're they're picking on you just look how mean billy was to max and like they were technically related like it's just yeah. you know like it's entirely possible that something like that could be the catalyst that causes him to go over the edge, tap into his potential, and then, you know, just exact his revenge on anybody that's wronged him in his eyes, no matter, no matter how minor or major that wrongdoing might be. No doubt about it. And uh, although I like my theory, um, yours is way better because we know that he despises his parents. So there's something his parents did to him that we don't know about. Yeah. Um, and we don't know, you know, what that is, but um, I'm really excited. I think either the play is going to reveal hopefully some of it and then maybe we'll get, you know, more of the revelations in in season five. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm I'm looking forward to both. I think there was one more quote I, I remember from his monologue. And he said, speaking about his parents, he said, it wasn't I that was broken. It was them. Mm -hmm. So there's something going on. He said. 
They were living a lie. They did such awful things. I wasn't broken. It was them. What is going on with his parents? And I think more specifically his mother. Yeah. There's something we don't know yet. So, yeah, I, I think it's I really do think that plays into the the lab a lot and moving him, you know, from where he was to, you know, like he thinks he's broken, but Brenner thinks he's this this second coming of something or this revelation or his meal ticket or his, uh, you know, ability to just do something greater in science. And um, I really do think that, you know, the the resentment against the parents comes from the fact that they probably willingly knew, like gave him up to the lab for this stuff or whatever the case may be. So, I mean, yeah, all these un- unanswered questions, but I mean, it, you know, also like in regards to that too, um, you know, like, Henry's time in the lab, like, I think that shaped him as well. Um, I think that, you know, in addition to everything that had happened to him before, you know, being a kid, going through everything, moving, um, and then, you know, his parent, his mom's dead, sister's dead, as far as we know, because there's theories about the sister out there. Um, His dad's, you know, blind and now in a a mental institution. institution. Dumb old blind Victor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how is old dumb blind victor <laughs> tell him to go to lens crafters in the star court oh wait my monster destroyed that never mind <laughs> go to pearl vision <laughs> he go get lasik dad <laughs> did that exist in the 86 i don't know <laughs> that might have been a, a 1990s development yeah probably yeah <laughs> I don't think anyone in the eighties with lasers were. Yeah. And I don't think anyone was like, yeah, just, you know, put a laser in my eyes and we'll see what happens here. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine being the first person that got a laser shined in your eyeball. Maybe that was it. Maybe that's what they did to him. The laser pointer in class. Yeah, I I think they shot a laser in his eyeballs and then that's what set him on his path. (laughs) Like get that freaking laser out of my eyeball. (laughs) Maybe it was a shark evil freaking laser beam. <laughs> Running around across in the playground across the street with rabbits with freaking laser beams on their heads. <laughs> oh my god, what the heck? <laughs> um <laughs> the man muted his mic. I love I had it. to mute my mic. I had to cough and uh catch my breath real quick. But I mean, yeah, like with talking about like his time in the lab, um, I think that shaped him a lot too. And and you know we have a couple things we want to talk about with that. Um, so like what what theories do you have about him with in regards to his time in the lab? Like what stuff could have happened? What you know like him in the lab? What do we got? Yeah, I think uh, you know moving into his his time in the lab, I've mentioned before, but I think it's uh, definitely plausible that. Eleven's mother was in the lab at the same time as as the friendly orderly or or as one or Henry Creel. So when Eleven was born, Terry Ives was 20 years old and Henry was 24. Mm-hmm. So um, it doesn't necessarily mean that Dr. Brenner was up to something weird um, trying to recreate Henry. I think, you know, Henry maybe was traumatized and Terry Ives was you know, going through some interesting times in her life, you know, going through some type of experiments in the lab. So, I mean, I think it's totally plausible that they just had some type of relationship and, um, and, and 11, uh, was, was born from there. So, I mean, I could definitely think that Henry could be 11's father and I think it could have been, you know, through an an actual relationship that they had, (laughs) they were young and in love and, um, maybe both going through something. They they had a shared trauma. And, uh, as Mary would say, you know, that's the best type of, uh, love connection. I, I I mean that it's, that's so plausible to me too. Cause like that's, that's at this point, that's Henry's life is the lab. Like he probably doesn't go out to the corner store to pick stuff up. Like he's there, you know, helping being, being a friendly orderly and all that stuff. And he also is very charismatic, like almost in a, like Charles Manson kind of way. Like he's like, he just has like this aura about him. Like when, you know, like 11s for a minute, there's really thinking about joining him. Like 
His story is very convincing. He's just very like he has this presence about him. And I think that, you know, he could easily, you know, either fallen in love or like just maybe went through the motions to, to like whatever his reasoning being maybe pass like if he has that inhibitor chip in his neck and he realizes that he does have abilities they're genetic how can how can you do anything about that when you have that chip in your neck that you can't do anything with maybe you have a kid and hope that that ability is passed on to the kid maybe he does you know decide to talk to terry and strike up a relationship with her and who knows maybe he does actually fall in love like you know maybe she might be the one who changes his thoughts on that um but either way, like the end result could would be 11, would be somebody that he could work with and b- rebuild the world with. He always wanted to do it with her by his side. So I really do think there is like that father-daughter dynamic between the two of them for sure. Oh, that's a great point, man. I just thought about something. If, if they did truly have some type of a real connection or a real relationship, they truly loved each other. I mean, Terry Ives is still alive and Vecna, I mean, is still Henry Creel. He's alive. Like mm-hmm. they could have some type of like crossover scene in season five. I mean, Ooh. I don't know how they would do it, but maybe they, maybe they could like communicate, you know, through, through telepathy or something. I mean, Eleven's talk to her mother that way. And Henry can, right. Vecna can definitely talk to people through their minds. So that would be really interesting if my gosh, I don't know. My mind is going now. <laughs> Cause I wonder if he even knows if she's alive. Right. I mean, he, he, he does have like, <clears throat> he can see things. So I, like, I would imagine he would know that she's alive, but also like, it's entirely possible that maybe Brenner was like, Oh, she didn't survive. She didn't make it just covering his tracks. Um, and meanwhile, like here she is, she's alive. I mean, not that, you know, there's, there's any chance for them to have a happy ending now. Like he's going to show up to her door with flowers in his hand and have like one long arm, one short arm and no skin and, or clothes or anything. And be like, Hey, Terry, what's going on? It's, it's me. <laughs> like, it's not- I want you to join me <laughs> on a date at Enzo's. <laughs> They have limited dead sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like clearly they can't like go on a date or something, but no. it would be really interesting if they like, like you said, maybe he doesn't know she's still alive or maybe Brenner lied to him about it. Or like, it would be really interesting if, if they truly are Eleven's parents, it would be cool if there's some kind of crossover, not only between Vecna and Terry Ives, but maybe also with Eleven, the three of them in the same scene could be really neat. It would be cool if like she like they brought her in as like that, um, like almost like a last ditch effort to like for human like to pull at his like maybe last threads of humanity and be like, here she is, like she's alive. Like, you know, you have it would be emotional, man. That would be cool. It would be really, really cool because like I do. I don't know how season five is going to end, obviously, like. Who, like uh, we all kind of think Eleven's going to undo everything somehow, but maybe it's Vecna who does. Maybe he has this change of heart and he, you know, has some humanity left in him because the Duffers did say that like there is some humanity in him. They so did. what if it is like the revelation that Terry's alive and, and maybe, you know, like that would just be very Star Warsy then because because you have Vader, like, you know, Anakin loses Padme that causes him to just like go to the dark side and he's it's just all over the place um and then yeah that would just be wild man it would be pretty crazy (laughs) if there's like some kind of relationship going on between henry and terry and that would be really cool um but yeah because i I do wonder when they say the shred like the threads like he has some humanity left in him like what is that exactly and what who is it tied to because it's usually tied to a person not so much Oh, you know, I don't want to kill the world because I love eating a Taco Bell and their food's amazing. Like, it's going to be like a person. So if it was Terry, that would be really, really cool. Because I do think they could do a lot more still with her character, whether it's in extended universe stuff, books, comics, spin prequels, whatever. Like, they could do a lot with her character Um, because there's a lot of stuff that we just don't really know about 100% with her yet, too. So, man, that would be that would be it's, it's really interesting because they did write a book about her. I think it's called Unusual Minds, something like that. But it's basically her backstory with her in the lab. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's such a great point, Damien, because I don't think they 
cast her for the play, but maybe she's like a secret. Maybe she'll be in the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just to touch on, you know, the way you said, you know, basically being able to uh, redeem yourself is usually what through the use of a person. And I always thought maybe Eleven was that person. But I right. mean, you can tell he clearly, <laughs> clearly hates her um, and, you know, wants to destroy her throughout the last couple of se- uh, seasons. But um, what if Terry is that person? You know, what if Terry Eyes is the person that can help? you know, turn it around for him. And I think the exact quote was so, I mean, the Netflix interviewer said something like, is is there still some humanity left in Vecna? Like, is he redeemable? And I think the exact quote the Duffer said was, that's the question. Like that will be the question for season five. Okay. So that, they didn't necessarily say no. That makes me think there's right. a good chance. Cause yeah, like it just kind of, kind of going back to the top of this whole discussion, like, I don't think he's just inherently evil. I think, you know, something happened to him, but I still think deep down there's something uh, that he does love about this world. Even though he wants to destroy it, there's still something that he would hold off on doing that for. And I, I, maybe it is, you know, like love is always at the core of a lot of these redemption stories. And a lot of these things where someone is ready to do something, they hold back because of love. So, I mean, it would be crazy if he did have a relationship with Terry, but it's entirely plausible. And, and yeah, maybe she is a surprise casting in the play. Like you have Hopper and Joyce and Lonnie and, and maybe they're bullying him or some other random person that we don't know yet. That's cast in the play bullies him. And maybe Terry's there to like be his friend and kind of listen to him and, and show him, what it's like to be something, you know, be like, have a friend. I don't know. Um, yeah. And they, just like a lot of those, like coming, coming of age tales, like, uh, you know, my girl where Macaulay Calkins, like the awkward kid and he has his friend and like, they become like a thing. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of possibilities with that. And man, it, it would be really cool for Vecna's character. I think if he did have that shred of humanity, uh, just because it adds another layer to him, like we're already terrified of him. And he's already fascinating, but it would be neat to see if there is something that does, you know, make him want to hold back a little bit. Maybe, dude, if it, if Terry, maybe Terry is the first person that genuinely cared about Henry in his entire life. And like, yeah. that would be enough for anybody to, to hold back if, if they knew that person was still alive. I mean, like you said, there's no, there's no date at Enzo's, but I mean, like if he can at least stop this destruction to save the world that the love of his life and his daughter live in, maybe that's the case. Like it, it would be wild. Oh my gosh. And just think like Dr. Brenner basically made Terry the way she is now. And I mean, Brenner kind of made Vecna the way he is now, although I think he blames it on 11. Um, yeah, it's th- there's definitely a connection there. So I, I think we're really on to something and I think we Terry eyes will be back in season five. And I think we're going to uncover a lot of what we just talked about. That'll be awesome. I hope this is, yeah, that would be, that would be wild. We had a, a ton of listeners that wrote it in. Um, yeah. The first one. And, and so I'll just start off at, because I'm Abby uh, wrote in on Twitter and said, uh, basically, what I did was I threw out the question of, do you think Henry Creel was born evil or do you think he had some type of event or trauma that led to him being the way he is? So um, at Because I'm Abby wrote in and just said, I've been asking this question since season four's release. I don't see anyone else asking it, but I think it's really important. So, yeah, um, yes, Abby, we that's exactly what we thought. And that's why we kind of dived into everything uh, today. Yeah, 100 percent. Because it's yeah, like, you know, even like a lot of like Michael, my, like a lot of these guys, there's always something that's like, you know, they're not always inherently evil. There's something that, that gives them a little bit of humanity. So, I mean, uh, you know, and I think Vecna just given how complex he is and, and given how much the Duffers treat their characters with care and love and respect, like he's not just going to be some guy that just wants to destroy the world to watch it burn. He's not that like, there's a lot to him. So I, Definitely agree. Um, Our friend Ashley over at Ham Radio Media um, wrote in and said, I think of this often. Seriously, though, I think that besides him being a psychopath, he's got some major trauma that stems from his childhood. I totally agree there, Ashley. (laughs) I see him in the same vein as Voldemort or Freddy Krueger 
in that he was truly born evil and like these two, I think it may have something to do with his mother while she was pregnant with him. Maybe she was on drugs or perhaps a part of an experiment herself while she was carrying him. And this caused a traumatic or dramatic event in his development in the womb. And I really think he just loves to kill, to tell you the truth. LOL. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, yeah, so I, I that's entirely possible too. Like, you know, maybe Virginia was pregnant with Henry, somehow got crossed up with Brenner. And like, it was the early stages of what we see Terry going through. Um, and that experimental stuff like that's entirely possible um, because obviously like 11 was the 11th child that was born like this. And then, you, ha- you know, you have one and it all started with him. And maybe it was, there was some infancy stages of this experimenting and Virginia Creel. Hey, guess what? I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars and you can move into this nice mansion here in Hawkins. All you got to do is just do. I mean, well, you know, eventually I'll pay you um, once your child's born and he's maybe seven or eight, whatever the age was. And then you guys move here so I can closely monitor him and see what his abilities are. Like there's all these possibilities there. Like that's entirely possible that Virginia basically just like sold her soul for money and basically was like, here you go. Yeah. Here's my son, like experiment, do whatever you need to do. And that, that would be pretty sad. That would make me feel really bad for Henry too. Cause from the get go, he doesn't have a fair shot. That is so true. Thank you, Ashley, for writing that in. And I agree. Yes, thank you. I, I mean, how exactly did she get that small fortune? We've seen it before. And I think it's Dr. Brenner paying her somehow, whether to experiment on her while she was pregnant or, like you said, down the line, even just doing testing uh, on Henry. Um, it seems to me that it's some kind of government conspiracy. And that's how the money was funneled to her. And I think maybe that was the the thing that she lied about and the thing that Henry despised about his mother so much that it was maybe she did something while she was pregnant um, just to make a little money or whatever the case, maybe she in a relationship with Brenner secretly that, that kind of made Henry the way he is. And that's why he hates her so much. So um, yeah, great call, Ashley. I, and I had never heard a theory like that before. So I really enjoyed it. And us as paranormal investigators, we, we love to hear that, but Speaking of paranormal investigators, I just yes. came across this on on Reddit. So this wasn't a write-in, but thank you to at VicLMole81 on Reddit, who who basically had a really cool theory. You touched on it earlier, Damien, but he said, what if Peter was sent to live with the Creels, but was never actually the son of Victor, but actually it was Dr. Owens that was his real father. So basically Owens has a child and wants to keep him away from the lab, so sends him off to live with the Creels. So then he said, basically, because of the powers he had, you know, they wanted to hide him. Right. And so I give him to the Creel family. So Henry hopefully doesn't have to go into the lab, which we know that's where he ends up eventually. But, um, you know, and he just says, basically, hopefully, you know, Victor agreed to take him. You know, he said, I have no idea. I'm just throwing out theories, which is how I right. usually feel. That's, well. that's what we're all doing here. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're all throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing if it sticks and... Uh, convincing ourselves that it's, it sticks sometimes when it doesn't, because that's just what we do as Stranger Things fans. <laughs> so I, I really like this a lot because, you know, a lot of us have read into the, oh, well, those, those are um, those are Peter's old school projects and things like that, which owns his, mm-hmm. owns his wife says. And like when they introduced him in the Polaroids, they're like Peter Ballard. He's a friendly orderly. And then they're like, oh, no, Peter's just a throwaway name. We just did that. Like, I do think that there's something to it. And it, it wouldn't make sense if it was Owens's kid. Like, Owens is c- super close to the situation, but also pretty well removed from the situation. Or at least he gives that impression that he's not as involved as he may be. And it's entirely possible that, that you know, Henry is his son. And, you know, maybe... They had, you know, like you said, he got Joyce this nice house. Maybe he arranged to get Virginia that house in Hawkins. You know, like there's all these possibilities. And I would kind of like to see that because I do think Dr. Owens, like when we initially meet him, he's not really 100% a good guy. Like you don't root for him. But then as season two goes on, you do like him more because he has a little bit of a soul versus a lot of the other Hawkins lab employees. Um, but it's entirely possible that maybe he does have this dark side to him. And, and he was a big part of all of this because he's clearly aware of who Henry is. So, I mean, it would be 
pretty incredible if he, you know, was his actual dad and just, you know, gave his kid away because he didn't know what else to do. Maybe he was scared. Maybe he was terrified. And then he didn't realize what a monster Brenner is. And boom, like it just caused this huge domino effect and all this death and destruction and uh, you know, almost on a global scale now because we have stuff going on in Russia and Vecna wants to take over pretty much if he gets to Hawkins, take over the whole world. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. Like, and I think that would be pretty fascinating too. Is, is do we know if Owens is going to be in the play at all? Uh, you know, I don't think I saw him, uh, his name mentioned, but you never know. Um, maybe, maybe it's a secret again. Um, Maybe a secret casting, just like Terry Ives, who will be in it secretly. But uh, <laughs> it's a great point, though, Damien. I know the Duffer said, oh, yeah, Peter was just a throwaway name. It was to throw you off. But, you know, everyone said, oh, well, you know, they, they mentioned the name Peter a few times just to kind of like, you know, keep keep you guessing the whole time. But right. I mean, it seems strange that not only does Owens, wife reference Peter like, oh, why are they taking Peter's school projects? But also, I believe in the very first episode of season four when everything's going down in the lab and the flashbacks in 1979 when Brenner talks on the intercom he says the name Peter like he's mm -hmm. like oh Peter is what's going on back there so yeah. like what are the odds that you know the friendly orderly is one of the only other workers on the floor that day and he's yelling for a guy named Peter like it just seems like there's there's yeah, too many references to be just a you know not a coincidence. I yeah, I a hundred percent agree, and I I think it would be pretty because like, why would you even have that line in there if like oh that's Peter's school projects when we've never met a Peter, like what unless it is truly just to make us go crazy like we are right now talking about this stuff. <laughs> so, it's working. It's 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 it always works. They they are so good at that and making us theorize and. <laughs> <laughs> and come up with all these crazy things. But um, I mean, yeah, I just do think that there is more to that. I think it's a little breadcrumb. I think it's just a little tease and, and it would be pretty interesting. I mean, I don't know how many twist reveals we're going to have in season five. We've been talking about like 10 possible things that could happen. <laughs> oh, no. One of them. <laughs> wait, Owens is your dad. But wait, Terry's your partner. But wait, Eleven's your daughter. Like Brenner's uh, your dad. <laughs> we're just would, yeah we're, we're, it's gonna be like a m night Shyamalan fest we're just gonna have a lot of surprise twists every episode <laughs> there will be a twist and i will love every single one of them if you know if we guess 10 different scenarios maybe at least one of them will be true so that's good odds i guess that's uh, true yeah the more we throw out there the better chances of us being right on one thing are <laughs> And we'll, we'll, we'll make some more educated guesses as it gets closer, uh, just as we did before season yeah. four. Oh, yeah. Well, bold uh, prediction. They're going to um, have credits at the end of the final episode with everyone who worked on the show. And just, it, it's going to be just throwing it out there. <laughs> it's really interesting because it's going to say um, Linda Hamilton starring as Eleven when she's 60 years old. It's so crazy. <laughs> There's a few people that kind of just went with the same theme. So I'll just tie these all together before we touch on them. But these are from Spotify. Shiloh wrote in and said, the reason Henry is the way he is is because he was not being loved. So, um, yeah, that awesome. definitely ties in with, with what we said. Absolutely. And then I'll, I'll just read this other one real quick. Um, w. Struth on Spotify wrote in, Anger and disappointment due to a lack of parental affection, or at least the kind of affection his sensitive nature craved. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, those are both really great points. And just like we mentioned earlier, his his parents seemed to kind of put him on the back burner. They didn't maybe show love and affection to him. Um, maybe he was also simultaneously bullied. And um, maybe that's why Terry Ives was the first person that truly loved him. Like you said, right. I agree hundred percent with them. Um, the next one was similar, but so this is from Melanie on Spotify. Melanie one seven, seven zero seven said she kind of looked further down the, the timeline when he was actually in the lab, but she said the fact that he was experimented on, his powers were blocked by Brenner and possibly exploited to create the rest of the kids, including Eleven. So in short, he is resentful and seeking revenge. So I think that's 100% true for, for Vecna's timeline. I think Vecna now wants that revenge on everything that happened to him on in the lab. Yeah. Um, and for sure, I think, you know, we kind of I kind of break up Vecna as like the Henry timeline when he's young and then the Vecna timeline. So for Vecna, right, this is spot on, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And I do think a lot of it is like just as simple as not being loved. Like, I mean, that's, you know, like I, I'm a dad, Scott, 
You're going to be joining the bottle club soon. <laughs> That's right. We're going to have a little demo dudette running around here, joining the uh, the stranger into the upside down Todd family, <laughs> which will be awesome. Woo! And it's, it's uh, man, it's it, like, it is, you know, uh, affection and, and, you know, showing love and, and all that is so important. Um, And I just think that, you know, maybe not like not giving that attention to Henry could have easily caused that. Like, you know, he might see happy families and people getting along and, and whatever the case is. And because he would, maybe his parents were cold and shut down and just, you know, didn't do that. That's it gave him this whole impression of the world and, and why me and everything else. I mean, I definitely think that there's a lot to do with that. And just that emotion of, you know, cause you look at, look at 11, like 11 was, she didn't know anything. Like she, Papa was Papa because that's what everyone called him. Like he wasn't a father. He was a father figure because he was the only grown up around that would pay them attention and, and things like that. But he wasn't nurturing really. He wasn't there, there for them on that emotional level. Um, he was distant, but he would try to like make them think that he cared. And then she meets Hopper. And they're making double decker, you know, ego waffle things and um, do it like watching TV and dancing. And, and like she gets that love from him. And, you know, you see how much it changed her and, and like how much she opened up after that because she, you know, was realizing learning how to act, how to love, how to care. So maybe Henry never got that. And that would be pretty sad. Like it's it, that could be easily enough to draw somebody to, you know if you have abilities like it puts you over the the breaking point for sure there's no doubt about that i mean that kind of leads us right into to the next one where um we got an email from yes. q-tip uh thank you q-tip for writing in just like the last episode that's gray uh and gray said um basically kind of going off what you just said damien that i think he's motivated to be so evil because of throughout his life they felt different and he was an outcast and i think when someone feels like that it can make them angry and possibly power hungry. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, he didn't have that love. He didn't have that affection, we think. And maybe that was kind of um, kind of uh, basically compounded by, I think, maybe bullying in school, which is kind of like what Q-Tip said here. Like he was different. He was an outcast. And if, you know, people at school didn't really like him, if his parents kind of were um, kind of gave him the cold shoulder, maybe all of that combined and, and made him the way he was. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. Like it's, you know, if the world doesn't give you anything, it's going to make you cold. It's going to make you bitter. It's going to make you angry. And what comes from that could be really devastating stuff, as we've seen here from Vecna. If that ends up being the case, like, yeah, it's it's just crazy. If someone just gave him just a couple more hugs or <laughs> just was nice to him, like, who knows? Bob Newby would still be here and Mrs. Driscoll would still be here. Oh, uh, <laughs> why'd you have to bring up? Mrs. Driscoll, because so we, we don't go an episode without bringing up Mrs. Driscoll. <laughs> I find some I'm way crying. to work to work her into the conversation. <laughs> Why'd you have to go and make me so emotional, man? <laughs> One final email here from Jonah. Uh, Jonah says, "I think there's something much deeper and darker going on with his mom and how she treated him because he continued tormenting her first. I'm sorry." <clears throat> And he killed her first, like it was revenge. And it's, it's true, like I, I had said a little bit earlier. Um, I also think there may have been some supernatural influences, like how he got his powers in the first place, the origins of those powers, a supernatural force um, that kind of mirrors an antichrist type of thing, a supernatural evil force. He thinks he is beyond and more than human and thinks humans are inferior and hates humanity so much and that sort of thinking is developed through the source of his power and what his mental influence was. Maybe it was even originated from the Upside Down, and he isn't the only reason the Upside Down is evil. The Demogorgons and creatures are inherently vicious and evil, looking by design and function, it seems. Just some thoughts. So, yeah, thank you for that, because I, yeah, I definitely think there's there could be that, too. Um, you know, we are talking about the, you know, Vecna ha and, and Eleven having these mind control powers that's easily like they could really lean. And I think they have, especially in season four, really leaned into the supernatural um, because like the Demogorgon was like a, a creature and it was like, OK, but that, now we have like 
Vecna, like getting tethered to vines, like looking for his next victim, tormenting them from the upside down, and then just being able to completely kill. Like there's all, they've really been leaning into heavily the supernatural more so than they did before, even though it's always been present. So, I mean, I definitely think that's entirely possible for sure. Yeah, it's a great point by Jonah. Uh, I, I know a couple episodes back on the podcast, um, when we were talking with Star Court Food Court, I had mentioned that I'm kind of I kind of flip flop back and forth on this, but I kind of mentioned that I thought maybe Vecna wasn't born evil, but maybe somehow got corrupted by the Upside Down, and maybe that was kind of the start of everything. And I know what he's saying here, basically saying like, oh, maybe Vecna's not the only evil, you know, part of the Upside Down. Maybe kind of the Upside yeah. Down started as evil and kind of corrupted him. Um, you know, just like how he's saying the Demogorgons um, aren't inherently vicious, you know, which I always thought was interesting. Like the Demogorgon was just kind of chilling in the upside down before yeah. just yeah. kind of walking around, didn't try to attack Henry. Um, it seems like it wasn't until he kind of got connected into the uh, hive mind and started maybe controlling the Demogorgons that they that they got that way. But but yeah, I think that's the question, right? Like, is is Henry Creel slash Vecna the one that's kind of corrupting the upside down or maybe using the the hive mind to, to turn all these creatures you know evil because he's evil or was it the upside down that was evil first and it's corrupting henry creel you know what well, what came first the chicken or the egg really yeah and, and like you know we're led to believe like he basically took over made these creatures evil made them his minions but i mean who's to say it isn't the other way around um you know yeah like he shaped the mind flare into the image of the spider and things like that but Who's to say like there wasn't some sort of uh, give and take there, you know, like some kind of repercussion for you're going to shape your world this way. Well, we're going to, you know, slowly but surely like take over you because obviously like look at what it did to his body, you know, um, and that was a huge thing there. Like is he's slowly transforming and just decaying and deteriorating into what we know as Vecna now. And I mean, that would be crazy to think, but it's entirely possible because like, you know. We, we think like the upside down's untouched and unspoiled by man. And uh, like they had no reason to be hostile or evil, but like, who knows? Maybe, maybe that there's something there. There's a, a higher power there even, or something that just does corrupt your mind um, the more that you're there. And that could definitely be possible. There's so many things. Jeez, there's so many things that could be going on with this guy. It's crazy. <laughs> we we've uncovered about 25 different options that could be <laughs> occurring to the man that is henry creel or vecna so uh yeah thank you to everybody that wrote in because these are yes. all really great theories i think each and every one of them could be plausible um, 100%. and i really like what you shared damien and i'm gonna continue to think about um uh, probably henry creel and terry eyes relationship for the rest of the night and uh <laughs> and i'll be cooking up some i'll be in the lab cooking up some good theories for next time <laughs> yeah thank thanks everyone for writing in because i think between all of our theories one of them will be right so we can all take credit for it because <laughs> <laughs> right. they're all they all make sense to me every single thing i'm reading or like we're talking about seems entirely plausible so i mean you know we, we won't find out hopefully not till you know, 2026, hopefully uh, 2025. I would love yes. 2024, but that's just not going to happen <laughs> unless they do just an audio book of the entire season and just uh, release that or something. Or they could do a bunch of those previs, uh, just uh, <laughs> cheapo animations of everybody with Steve doing the people's eyebrow. It looks like the Pixar art before they actually do like their Pixar magic on it. It just <laughs> yeah. like, like, they look scary looking. It's terrible. Like almost like really bad GTA graphics. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why does Jonathan looks like a caveman to me <laughs> for some reason? <laughs> ooh, ooh. Uh, where is Nancy? Ooh, ooh. He, he, oh my gosh. Yeah. Maybe he's like uh, trying to spark a fire in that previs that they sent us. It wasn't, he, he wasn't trying to hotwire anything. <laughs> he's like Tom Hanks. I have made fire. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, man. So many good theories. And um, I'm really glad we finally got to do this one, especially during spooky season. Cause like Vecna is just one of those big bats. He's so, he's so captivating and like really interesting when you think about the character, like, uh, you know, the first, first viewing of like season four, I'm terrified of him. but now like, you know, being a year and a half removed from it, 
it's like, oh, well, I wonder what made him want to do this. Like, it can't just be because, like, you just automatically think the world's bad and people are evil and everything. Like, there's something to it. Like, something happened to you to set you on this path and to cause you to feel that way about humanity. And um, to be able to kind of dig in a little bit, it's really, really fascinating. And I mean, so many, so many really cool theories that we read today. And I mean, and I think we covered literally every potential theory that could be out there. And I hope that at least one of them is right so that we're all right. And we can uh, all, uh, you know, hang our hats on that. Cause I think it's, you know, there were some really good theories out there today from emails to Twitter to, uh, you know, listener messages on Spotify and things like that. I, I just think that there's a lot to this character and I really hope that, you know, especially now that uh, the strike's over for writers, we start to get more breadcrumbs as to what's going to happen. Um, and obviously we have the stage play. So I'm hoping that that comes to Netflix. I'm hoping they do something so that the rest of the world can see it because, uh, you know, they did that with Hamilton. They did that on Disney Plus. They put out Hamilton. Um, so it would be cool to see that happen. I would really like to see that. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that one. But um, as always, guys, we just want to thank you for all of the likes, the listens, the support, the theories, the emails. Uh, and as always, you can get in touch with us on Instagram at Into the Upside Down Pod. Write us at Gmail, Into the Upside Down Pod at gmail.com, Into the Upside Down Pod on TikTok, and Into underscore Upside Down on X. Brand X. And we will thank be you. back. Uh, shortly we have an idea for a new episode we're going to be working on potentially getting some guests on this one um, so we have an idea of what we want to do with our next episode it's going to be a little bit more lighthearted because we have been really getting into some very uh, dark and serious territory here in Stranger Things so we want to lighten things up a little bit and put a smile on that face you couldn't have said it any better I'm <laughs> smiling <laughs> let's put a smile on that face go Phillies Go Eagles. We'll see what happens with the Sixers and Flyers. But uh, yeah, guys, happy Halloween, too. If we don't do an episode before Halloween, enjoy lots of candy. Have lots of fun. Watch lots of Stranger Things. And until next time, guys, remember, friends don't lie. See you, nerds. (laughs) 